Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. And this is another episode of Funk Radio. And this is your host, Kyle. <laughs> and this is your host, Peter. I think at the beginning of the episode, we should just play that Seinfeld bass line. It's like, boodly doo boodly boo Funk Radio. And then it just cuts to us in a restaurant. We should have a short episode studying the uh, the Seinfeld theme, because it is pretty funky. It is pretty funky. I was funny. I don't know. I don't know who made it. I don't know where it came from. I was uh, I was watching TBS, and I guess since they have the syndication of Seinfeld, I watched a couple episodes. They had, they had the one with Bubble Boy. Do you oh, remember yeah. that one? Where yeah. like he's like a giant asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and then like George, like I don't know, like makes his bubble thing leak, and they're like, someone tried to kill Bubble Boy. Someone at work uh, mentioned the episode where uh, George got the really puffy jacket, and he's like, it's Gore-Tex. Oh, yeah. And it's like a super puffy black jacket. Although, in watching that episode, even outside of just the random outfits they wore, the 90s fashion that is uh, showcased in that show is just awful. (laughs) Apparently, in the 90s, by law, you had to tuck everything into your pants. I think, yeah, I think that's true. Because, yeah, if you look at, like, Jerry and, the, and all them, like, no matter what shirt they're wearing, it's tucked into their pants. And there's a belt. And mm. they wear belts with jeans. I didn't even know that was a thing. Neither did I. Aren't yeah. jeans usually tight enough to hold themselves up? You would think. Maybe maybe in the 90s, maybe they were so baggy they had to wear belts to keep them up. I don't know. We'll never know. Although, I remember in the early 2000s, in middle school, like really really baggy jeans were popular especially this one brand i think they were called like jeanco or jenko jeans jenga jenga jeans yeah because they would fall down and they were basically like the parach- <laughs> they were like the parachute pants of jeans they were just massive and had way too many pockets and mm. they were bad and camouflage was really popular for some reason probably post 9-11 america stuff i don't know there's probably some truth to that actually yeah Anyway, uh, listeners, sorry, Kyle, we should I'm, probably move I'm on to... going on a fashion tangent. I don't think you've actually had Kyle's fashion corner I don't ever. think we have. Usually it's tech corner or bitch angry. corner or pop-tart angry, corner. Ang- ang- pop-tart corner, angry politics corner. Yeah. That's kind of rare, though. Pop-tart politics corner. <laughs> and that's one we haven't done yet. That's true. Um, yeah, I think the actual uh, meaning of, or should I say topic of this episode was since it's approaching the end of the year um we thought it'd be fun to pick our favorite album that we've that has been released this year that we enjoyed but rather than we just review our own album and kind of circle jerk to our own music we picked an album and had each other listen to it and give a review of it so it's more impartial i suppose indeed um, and we've uh, we've generally kept our notes separate from each other, so I, we have a general idea of how we feel about each other's albums, but song by song, I don't think we know entirely what we're going to say. So Yeah, true. Although I do find it funny that the two albums we picked are surprisingly similar in genre, if you really think about it. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, similar enough. I mean, I, I, I should, guess that shouldn't be that much of a surprise since we both generally like the same music mm. since we started this whole little thing together. Mm. Um Instead of like funk radio, it's like polka and metal radio. 
<laughs> sure. I was just trying to think of two and antithetical music genres. That would um, be an int- I would I would listen to that podcast if it existed. Polka metal. <laughs> I'm just imagining like polka or those like not organ things, but like instead of like just that, it's like that plus like the metal screaming. So you hear like accordions <laughs> and just like whoa. <laughs> Again, that's something I would listen to. Oh, hell yeah. That's that's an episode we need to do in the future, is just combining random genres and trying to find if there is music of that genre. That's an interesting idea. Um, so, be- between the two albums that we want to talk about today, yes. which one would you like to do first? Um, I can talk about the one that you picked that I reviewed, because my notes list is pretty short, so I can, you know, give some stuff on the on the three or four songs that I like the best. I don't want to go through all of them because your album had a surprising amount of songs. It's pretty long, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll just pick like three or four that stood out particularly to me. But uh, yeah, I okay. guess... So the album that Peter picked that I reviewed is the album All Possible Futures by the band Miami Horror. Now, I did a little bit of research, and by research I mean I typed the name into Wikipedia, and... <laughs> I found that this is the the second album that they released after a five-year, I shouldn't say hiatus, but five years between the re- this and the release of their first album. So it's been a long time coming. Um, originally, Miami Horror was kind of a solo project by this guy, Benjamin Plant, who is Australian, but now has evolved into, into this four-piece band that kind of has this very 80s dance funk disco vibe to them. Best way I, I had, to, I had to actually look up what their genre was referred to as because I really could not put a name to it. Mm-hmm. And Wikipedia, I think it was Wikipedia that called it like Indietronic or something. I can see that. Like that, which I guess so. I guess that works. I mean, I, I can, it's almost like indie and electronic is fusing a little bit to a degree because a lot of indie music that I notice is coming out lately is very electronic influenced, as is a lot of pop music. So, hmm. um, I suppose that's a good category. But, um, yeah, so I listened through his album, um, through Peter's album that he's uh, picked on Spotify, so you guys can go and listen out to it on there as well. A lot, of, a lot of good stuff in there. Some stuff stood out more than others. Um, so, and I don't, I don't want to go through everything, but I think this song sure. that stood out the most for me is the song uh, Love Like Mine. I don't know if yeah, that's one that's, of your favorites or not. That's one of my favorites, yeah. But um, the beginning <laughs> surprisingly enough reminded me of a band that I like, Ratatat. Um, and there's, I don't know if it's organ or it's a very 80s sounding instrument that may or may not actually be an organ, but there's a backing organ in, in certain segments of it that really reminded me of the Ghostbusters song for some reason. Really? That's, um, that's funny. Which I suppose can kind of co- coalesce with the fact that it's 80s sounding. Um, yeah. But the guitars in the song also kind of reminded me of the band Chromio. If I don't know if that stood out to you at all. A little bit. I mean, I think in- Love Like Mine is definitely one of the more funky-ish songs. Yeah, yeah. From this album. And it kind of remi- reminded me of late 70s, early 80s funky-ish type stuff. And, you know, Chromio which is a more modern band, but they kind of, you know, they take musical cues from that same era. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
fun little fact about the band Miami Horror, their first album that came out in 2010, Illumination, the debut song of that album, Sometimes, was actually used in the soundtrack to Grand Theft Auto V, which I think we talked about on the show a little bit. I don't know if we did a full episode on it, but I'm pretty sure we talked about it when we did video games and stuff. Yeah, we must have. I know you must have talked about that uh, that game, but I never talked about it, that song. So. Yeah, yeah. I just I've I've played through it, but I just remember the soundtrack was pretty good for the game. Hmm. Um. So yeah, yeah. It it describes them as indie tronica here on uh, Wikipedia, which I can see. I don't know what other bands would really classify as that, but interesting. So um, another thing I actually liked about the song "Love Like Mine." I don't know if you looked it up peter but the video for it's actually pretty funny it's pretty random i don't think i've seen any of the music videos i think from anything from this album actually this is the only one i could actually find so this might this must be like their kind of big hit that they're trying to push you know they always try to push like one or two songs off the album yeah um but the weird thing is the video is entirely shot through the window of this parked car and you're seeing out the other window i guess the passenger side window and everything is happening outside of that and it's just kind of oh, interesting. very experimental, I suppose. Huh. But, um, yeah, kind of interesting. Um, but, yeah, so Love Like Mine was definitely probably my favorite song off the album in general. Another one that I really liked was actually the first song, which kind of sets up the album and what you're, you know, I guess you're in for, is the yeah, song um, American Dream. I would, yeah, actually, because... Um... Love Like Mine is a few tracks, and I was actually going to ask if you no, I, care I, for American Dream, because I, that's one of my favorites yeah, as well. Yeah, no, the, this definitely set the tone for the album as far as what you're getting into. Yeah. Um, quick it, note, I Love Like Mine, should we play yeah. a short clip from that? I think we should. I think I'm so just going, can... I'm going too damn fast for... <laughs> Maybe. So that was Love Like Mine. Now we're going to talk about American Dream, which is the opening track. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really liked American Dream, and it definitely exposes you kind of to what you're in for in the album as a whole. It's very danceable. Mm-hmm. It's very danceable, but it's light at the same time. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's like lighthearted, but it's it definitely seems like something you, you could hit the dance floor with, but... Uh, yeah, no, I liked it. And this one's pretty much instrumental, if I remember. Uh, so, yeah, some are, some part, aren't, some, some feature, um, you know, I guess backing vocals. Yeah. But yeah, this one, I, I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of. I mean, it kind of reminds me of Chromeo, but it also reminds me of uh, this one indie band that I like. I'm trying to remember their name. I, I like them so much, I forgot their name. <laughs> um. Uh, Maybe Panda? Kind of Panda, if you know who Panda is. I vaguely know who Panda is. I know Panda was featured on one of the Daft Punk songs, but they have their own stuff, and it kind of reminds me of that. The the very echoey reverb of the vocals, kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, hell, I think everything in this damn album has reverb on it. It's all echoey, but I can dig it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, American Dream was a really good danceable song. Um, lighter than some of the other songs in the album, but still danceable enough that you know that this album is going to be like a dance, a dance disc, a disco dance disc. Yeah, it's pretty fun. 
Um, like so it. we can uh, play a little clip of American Dreams so you guys can dance your booties off. We hope you lived the American dream to that last song. <laughs> um, you know, I know that we're not going to play a clip from every song, obviously, from these albums. Yeah. We're being kind of selective. Um, if there's any songs that you want to mention quickly, whether that was positive or negative, that you don't want to play a clip from, that's fine, too. Yeah. Um, the only two songs that really didn't leave a huge impression on me is the song Stranger, because it sounded a bit different from everything else on the album. Mm. I don't know. It was a bit more indie and a bit less... Memorable. I don't know. It just didn't really stand out. Um, that that one stands out to me as one of as, the more eighties sounding. Yeah, songs. maybe maybe that's it. I don't know. It's it's eighties, but it's not like discoy dance eighties. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's it seems like the kind of song that would be in like a John Hughes movie, but not. I can see that. But not like a danceable song. Yeah. Um. Another one. Uh, is the song Who Is Gonna Save Us. Similar to this, and I guess maybe a little bit to American Dream, it's a bit softer. Mm -hmm. Um, But the really slow vocals kind of reminded me of, like, you know know the band The Cure? Uh, Sort of. Okay, well, The Cure was very much like an 80s slow goth ballady band. Kind of reminded me of, like, a Cure song knockoff. Um, I don't mind the cure, but it's just, it's not danceable to me. So this one, I'm just like, eh, I don't, I can't shake my ass to this. So what's the point? <laughs> That's the metric for every song. Can Kyle shake his ass to it? Yeah. So something I will note actually yeah. is that this is a really rare example of an album where I like every song. Um, oh, and that, no, I'm like, I don't, I don't take offense to like if you don't like some more as much as others but it's i was expecting to like this album because i'd heard a few songs from it before it came out because of singles and everything but um i guess it was a pleasant surprise yeah i mean i mean that i like the entire thing as a whole that's rare for me too um hence the album i picked as well i suppose Mm -hmm. uh but um yeah, there's there's definitely songs I like more than others, but there's nothing that I'm just like, oh my god, I have to skip this. Right. You know, I played through everything, and everything was, like, listenable and good sounding. It just, it seemed like three quarters of the album had, like, one thing in mind, like, shake your ass. But then yeah. there were other songs that just totally slowed that down, and it's like, nope, no more ass shaking, it's time to, you know, it's like 75, get serious. 75% ass shaking, 25% love making. <laughs> if that makes wow, any that's sense. the best way to describe it yeah i mean I, I i definitely feel that the first half and the second half have different vibes to it yeah yeah i would say that because the couple that i was a bit more kind of like anti were in the latter half of the album yeah and i like i i guess that's a good point that you bring up because i i like the first half and the second half for different reasons e- equally but for different reasons yeah yeah i can see that I think the first half just stood out so much to me that once I got to the second half, I'm like, wait, what is this? You know? Yeah. Um, speaking of, I guess, the first half ones that I liked, another one that was really dope to the point that even my, I guess, co- cohabitant Tiffany, who was in, in the room while I was playing this, was like, holy crap, this is good. Add this to my playlist, mm. is the song Cellophane. 
Oh yeah, that's a good. There's one. a. It features um, artist Aaron Miller. I don't. Let me see if he's actually part of the band or if he's just someone they brought in. Well, if he's part of the band, I doubt they would say featuring Aaron Miller. Exactly. That's why it seems weird. And I can't find it. Ooh, that's another band that this band sounds like. Neon Indian, who I do like. Sorry, I was just skimming through stuff. So well, That's yeah. helpful for listeners who know who Neon Indian is. Yeah, no, Neon Indian's another kind of 80s, similar, totally similar genre, kind of 80s dance electronic. A little bit less chromio, a little bit more like these guys. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you if you like this, Peter, you should check out Neon Indian for sure. I actually use I, will a, do that. I use a remix of one of their songs is my uh, backing track to my uh, video effects reel. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I guess back to cellophane. Uh, they they have this guy Aaron Miller featured on this song as well as a uh, Gavin Turek. Now I don't know which is which, but. On, yeah. who's singing on the album, but I really dig the voice on this one, and it stands out to me, because obviously it's yeah. featuring this guy, so it's different than vocals on the other songs. The best way I can describe this is going to sound really stupid. It's as if Co- the band Coldplay had sex with the band Weekend, and then there's disco hmm. stuff on top. Because the, I don't know, the Aaron Miller guy, I don't think he's British, but he kind of has that soft Coldplay-esque sound, but then... That guy who's really popular now, he's, he, I don't know if it's a guy or a band, it's called Weekend, but it's without the second E, I don't know, it's W-E-E-K-N-D, whatever. He has, okay. this, he has this popular song right now called, like, I Can't Feel My Face. Um, but, oh, and he sang, he sang the, the, I guess, featured song on that stupid movie, Fifty Shades of Grey. But anyways, okay. so this guy, this Weekend guy, a bit more dancey. But very much still R and B. I guess this this particular mm. song kind of reminded me of a, few, of a fusion of those two artists. I don't know. I maybe it's an interesting combination. I would. I don't know if I would have named it that way. I may be completely insane, but um. Anyways, sorry. I'm <laughs> listening to the song here. Oh. Um. So yeah, cellophane definitely probably second favorite off the album. Uh, second mm. to Love Like Mine. Really good stuff. Uh, good vocals in this particular song. So we should play a little clip of it, don't you think? I do think. Okay. So it sounds like we've gone through your top three, if I'm correct. Yeah. And that, I mean, are there others that you want to touch on? Um... Not really. I mean, there was there was some that were more slow moving that I was just like, and eh, like I said in the latter half. But mm, yeah. American Dream, Love Like Mine, Cellophane, um, and Wild Notion was actually pretty good too. Wild Notion kind of reminded me of the uh, band Walk the Moon, but okay. similar style. But I don't um, know them, but that's cool. They they did that song. Ah, oh, shit! Different colors. Shut up and dance. They're they're popular indie band right now. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I think those are probably my top three. I don't know if we just want to kind of stick to that, and then we can mention some others that we disliked. But I that's, overall, that's, uh, I like this album a lot. Um, me and Peter have very similar tastes, so I didn't think I would hate it. <laughs> right. And definitely one that I'm going to be adding to my playlist. And if you guys dig this kind of danceable, indie-tronic, as Peter put it, sound, I think you guys will really dig this album. And since this is the second album to come from this band and specifically Benjamin Plant, I look forward to what else they come up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and again, this album is called 
All Possible Futures by the band Miami Horror. And it came out in, it looks like it came out in April. I thought it came yeah. out in May, but you have the page open. Uh, April. So, okay. That was a nice kind of lead in through spring and then beginning of summer for me. For sure. Before we move on to the other album, let me see if I can come up with my top three songs from this too. Yeah, yeah. And then we can do the same for your albums. So. Yeah, yeah, that works. Um, I don't know if you liked... It's tough because like I said, I like all the songs. So yeah, yeah. I, I would say probably American Dream is probably on my top three as well. Yeah. Another Rise, Another Fall, which is the second to last track, is one I really enjoy, but... I know you didn't like the second half as much. I actually wrote down, like, this one wasn't bad, and it seemed like good driving music to me. Like, it seems like, of, yeah. of all the songs, it seems like this would be a really good one to drive to. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Let's see. I really like Cellophane, too, mm-hmm. and Wild Motion. Did you like... It's, it's hard for me to peg down three, but... Did you like Real yeah. Slow? Which is funny. Yeah, Real Slow is good. It's pro- it's not in my, like, top three or five, but it's, it's a good one. Which is funny, because it's named Real Slow, but it's not the slowest song on the album. Right, yeah. But yeah, I, actually, probably my favorite part of the album because a lot of the sing there was like four or five singles that came out from this before the album came out, mm. and they were all in the first half. Mm. I think part of the reason I like the second half so much is because to me that was more of the the new stuff I hadn't heard before. That makes sense. So kind of the string of songs, "Stranger," "Who's Gonna Save Us," and then another "Rise and Fall," like the that. Those three big songs from the second half are probably my f- favorite part of the album, hmm. I guess. But uh, like I said, I like it all. True. I can dig it. And one very last thing I'll say before we move on. Um, one nifty thing I did figure out at some point that I really like is that the very end of the last song seamlessly goes into the very beginning of the first song. Oh, so it loops really well if you play the whole album? I didn't even notice, yeah. notice that. I, I, I found that out on accident once. That's awesome. When I had it on loop. And it was kind of cool. Which is weird because, let's say you're playing this album on a vinyl, wouldn't you have to flip it over to play the first song? Assuming it's one disc. Right. So, I mean, I guess it wasn't... I mean, I'm, I'm sure it is on vinyl, but maybe that's not, like, the primary True. thing. Okay. Well, that wraps that up. Yeah. Now, now we can move on to Kyle's Choice, which I reviewed. Yay. Which is Magnifique by Ratatat. And I don't know a whole lot about Ratatat, and I didn't really do too much. I mean, I know basically they're an electronic duo, um, and obviously they're contemporary because this album just came out. Um, but I don't know a whole lot about them. Maybe you can fill in the blanks there, Kyle. Um, I know they've had a few different albums in the, in the previous years, but they're, again, actually in both cases, it seems like the al- the band hasn't released an album in five years. Yeah, no, this... This particular album was highly anticipated by Ratatat fans because up until that point, they kind of pretty much came out with every album uh, every two years, basically, every two years around the summer. Mm-hmm. And then this one hadn't, didn't come out for five years, so everyone's like, what the F? Yeah, because did, so they have three previous albums? Uh, four. Oh, four? Okay. Yeah, I believe. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay, because it's 04, 06, 08, and then 010. And then there was a gap, and then fifteen to now. Because I remember, I remember you and Dan in college really liked Ratatat, and then you kept wondering where the, the new album was coming. Yeah, Dan, Dan well, yeah. and then it just came out this year. Our friend Dan is probably a bigger Ratatat fan than even I, and he 
kept hearing all these rumors like, oh, they're working on another album, they're working on another album. And it was we were all stoked for it to come out before we graduated. Didn't come out before we graduated in 2012. We're just like, what the F? And, and a few years went by. It took another three years after that for it to even come out. But it's funny because the way I discovered that it was out was all of a sudden I was listening to XM Radio and they're like, oh, here's a new single by Ratatat. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, this is how I'm hearing about this shit. Is I'm just suddenly discovering it on the radio. So Had I, the album come out by then? or No, no, it was just a single, the first initial oh, okay. single that they released in like April or whatever. The album came out in July. Okay. But they released the single back in April, and I played that single to absolute death and to the annoyance of Tiffany, because she does not appreciate Ratatat as much as I. Now, was that Cream on Chrome? Yes. Okay. But, yeah, I really dug this album. Um, funny thing was, I think I actually bought this album when I was up in Portland with you. And, Gary, remember we wandered into that record shop? Oh, did you buy it? I oh. think I bought it then, because I remember I looked at it and I remember thinking I bought it, and then I came home with it. Uh, I just and then I, you must have. I didn't realize. Oh, I think you did actually. Yeah, so I actually got yeah. it up in Portland. That was co- kind of cool. That's from some little hipster indie shop. Wall. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Well, that whole street was hipster as fuck. Holy crap! <laughs> they were coming out of the woodwork up there. That's true. But um. Yeah, yeah, Ratatat, for those of you that don't know, they're a Brooklyn-based duo. Their their genre, because every genre has to be, you know, a fusion of two other things, are described mm. as rocktronica, because it's very guitar-influenced. Um, but it's... I think that's a really good way to describe it, though. Yeah, probably. Because it's not full-on electronic, because it has some elements of, like, rock guitar in there, mm-hmm. usually. Um. But yeah, it's made up of the duo guitarist Mike Stroud and producer Evan Mast. So Mike Stroud does all the guitar, synthesizers and stuff. Evan does bass, synthesizers and percussion, and they just do cool shit. So Cool. Yeah. So, since I already mentioned Cream on Chrome, we might as well talk about that. Also, it's the second track and the first main track of the of the album. Yes. Um, so this is the only one I had heard prior to reviewing this album mm-hmm. um you must have sent this to me i think i did but yeah I, I really like this is definitely one of my top three from this album yeah. i guess it makes sense since it's like the popular single yeah whatever um but i, I found it really catchy and enjoyable and um i don't know it's just kind of a fun song it's not too fast-paced either mm-hmm. um it's not stressful or anything it's just kind of it's it's kind of good chill out music i guess yeah yeah that's a good way to describe it. I don't have a whole lot of other notes on this one, other than the fact that I just liked it. I like Which cream. I'm sure is really useful to you listeners. <laughs> I do like how in the latter half, the tempo kind of changes and it becomes more... Like, it kind of builds up, you know? If that makes mm-hmm. any sense. And then towards yeah. the end, it's like actually pretty hard-hitting. I like that about this song. That's a good point to, to make, yeah. Should we listen to a short clip? Okay. That was Cream on Chrome by Ratatat. I almost forgot their name for some reason. 
I just remember their name because in back when Pokemon was popular, there was a Pokemon called Rattata, and for some reason I always get the two confused, and I always want to call them Rattata. That's funny. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, I I wrote notes for at least half of the songs here. We don't need to play a clip from everyone, but I'll just kind of I mean, we'll probably play clips from like my top three. I can take it, and we'll just we can just discuss other ones. I can take it. Um, the intro was good. It's only about a minute long. Yeah, they they do that on a lot of their albums. They usually have like kind of an intro-y thing that's just like a minute or forty five seconds, mm-hmm. just kind of experimental. So I guess just moving down the list, um, Magnifique. I guess the title track. You could call it. I I, I like this one too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely slower. Yeah, but I, I I like the I kind of like the touch of piano in the background, um, which you get in a few of these songs. But I'm a big sucker for that that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a lot more melodic. Kind of reminds me of like Hawaiian music or something. I actually wrote that as a note for some of the other tracks. Oh, there you go. I wouldn't say this is one of my top songs but it is it's, it's fine mm-hmm. i don't have any much much to say about that one do you have any particular impressions on that one on uh, magnifique yeah um i mean i liked it it's a bit slower than some of the other stuff but uh it's very it's i like the kind of i don't know what you call it violin i guess in the beginning whatever the hell that uh, is yeah. yeah that's pretty cool it's but uh, yeah it's definitely less punchy more flowing yeah and something i will say because i i honestly haven't heard a lot of Ratatat in the past. I've heard. I think I've heard some of it through you guys, probably um, mostly in college. But I, like, I haven't actually sat and listened to one of their albums before. And um, I, I don't know if you can, you know, speak to this. But in this album, I felt like there was half of it to me. And you know, this is me coming in not having heard a bunch of their stuff before. Half of it felt like it all sounded the same, and the other half was like really different from that. Yeah. In fact, I think when I talked to him about this album, they kind of said the same thing. Is like, there are some really good hits on this album, but then everything else just kind of melds together in this very similar sound. And if you like that sound, then it's great. It's good filler. But mm-hmm. if you like stuff that's more punchy, kind of the, the stopgap between those kind of is just like, oh, okay. Not too dissimilar from, I guess, maybe how I felt on, the album, on your album that I listened to. Yeah, I was actually going to ask about that, how you felt, like, if it started to all blend together after a while. Uh, towards the end, those latter songs did on your album. Um, mm-hmm. But on this one, yeah, like, I would probably say maybe towards the end of this one, other than maybe Nightclub, Amnesia, and Rome, the, some of them started to blend together. And I'm just like, oh, these kind of sound. They, they have a cool sound, like I said before, they sound kind of, like, Hawaiian or kind of surfer rockish. But, mm-hmm. Which I like that. It's good. It's good background music, but it's not like, oh snap, I'm gonna stop what I'm doing and just focus on listening to this. Right. That's so. a good way to put it. Because I mean, I, I I say I wasn't sure since you know more about them than I do. I didn't know if you had like more insight into all of that because I I personally felt that a lot of this, like I said, a lot of this album sounded like any one any given track sounded pretty much exactly like another one. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, like you said, if you like that sound. And I, I do like that sound. I don't know if I would listen to this all the time, but it, I guess it is good for background music. Let's, like you said. Let's, I'll put it this way. I like the sound of the whole album, but there's only about four or five songs that I can definitely pick out and say that's that that's that song is that title. Like if you played me pr- yeah, primetime yeah. or whatever, I wouldn't know that it was primetime. I would just be like, oh, that's Ratatat. Exactly. And then that's actually exactly how I feel, too. 
Um, so. so that's not, a, I mean, I guess if you wanted to call that a negative point from my end, yeah, you could call it that. Um, not every track is really standouting. Uh, standouting, I guess. That's a word. But overall, I think it was a, it, it's definitely an enjoyable experience. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And I think similar to you, I don't think either of us expected to dislike the choices, but like, yeah, I liked it more than I thought. Um, so let's see, Abrasive, which is track four. I wrote this, I wrote down, this might be my favorite song in the album, actually. Yeah. You know, if I had to choose one, I probably would be this. Uh, I did like that it kind of had a high tempo to it with a good beat. Um, and I felt like, and obviously like the entire sound is like we've already mentioned, kind of mixes guitar with other electronic elements. And, but I think I, f- I found that this one in particular was a really good usage of that style, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily call any Ratatat stuff danceable per se. No, it's more, but, it's more, you can bob your head to it. Yeah. It's good. For, um, good to listen to if, in the car. If there was one that could potentially be danceable, I would say it's probably this one. Yeah, I can see that. Probably it's my, similar to you. It's probably my second favorite song on the album. After uh, Cream after and Cream. Chrome. Chrome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it definitely sums up Ratatat's overall sound in a nice way, That, but then also sounds distinctive enough that I can point out that song. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably say it's the, my it's my second off the album. It's a tie between that and Contact, actually. Oh, okay. I just like Contact because well, I like the beginning part. It sounds cool. See, that's interesting because I'll, I'll just say this and then we can go back, but um, that's actually one I didn't end up writing any notes for because it didn't really stand out to me personally. Hmm. I mean, I mean, I think it stood out, but it was, I mean, it, it, it didn't sound the same as all the other ones, but it just didn't stand out to me any, in any other way. Yeah. I, I can see that. One that I kind of, I, I shouldn't say I didn't like, but it was definitely very different sounding, but also kind of forgettable is the song Drift. I don't know if you have anything um, for that. Actually, that's probably another one of my top three, honestly. Dang, what the hell? Which is weird. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> that we had kind of opposite. Um, this one is like super Hawaiian sounding to me. Yeah, and, um, you know, I want to spend a minute or two talking about this, but let's play abrasive really quick. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Just, I'm getting out of No, myself. it's okay. So that was abrasive. Um, again, another really good example of Ratatat's general sound. Drift, I think, is kind of the opposite of that. It's yeah, definitely. Very diff- and I think that's probably why it's one of my favorites, just because it sounded so different. Especially keeping in mind that, like I said, ha- around half of these tracks, I kind of they kind of blurred together for me. Mm. So I think I I kind of was uh, was attracted to the tracks that were different. that kind of went out of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Um, but yeah, the, you, like you said, it has some like, Hawaiian sounds to it. Um, I really liked the slow-paced like organ in the background. Yeah. It was almost kind of like a old-timey baseball field type organ. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a circus organ. Yeah. And I also felt that generally, overall, I felt the track sounded a little kind of like a Western kind theme, of. almost. Yeah, I can see that. And so, aside from way down on the list supreme none none of the other tracks sound at all like this 
So I guess that's kind of one reason why. Oh, I, like I do it. like Supreme. I forgot about Supreme. I'd yeah. say I would say Supreme is probably my fourth favorite track off this album because exactly mm-hmm. that it sounds different. I liked it a bit better than Drift though. Drift seemed a bit more just like eh. The only thing I wrote down for Supreme was that it reminded me of Drift, but it was even slower because Drift is a pretty slow song. Mm-hmm. Um, but Supreme to me is even slower, and I, I it wasn't less enjoyable to me, but I just I think I just like Drift more. I mm-hmm. guess I can dig it. Um, let's let's hear a clip from Drift because okay, it's pretty good. There's only two other tracks I'm gonna mention here. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is Nightclub Amnesia. That one I would probably say for me is the most like head bangable. Yeah, I would I would agree with you there. Um, it's it's interesting because it's it's a bit more like kind of rocktronic than the rest of the tracks almost. Yeah, for sure. And um, I wrote the parts of it, especially like the beginning, for some reason, kind of reminded me of video game music. For some reason, I don't know if that really. Yeah, kind of. You can see that. Kind, not, not, so much, not entirely, but yeah. Not like eight bit, but like definitely that early like Nintendo sixty four kind of music sound. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm sound. thinking of. Yeah, I can see that. I also wrote down that this reminds me a little bit of some of the Pretty Light stuff that we reviewed a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, it does. That's probably why I like um, it. Yeah, so it's pretty similar to that. Um. <laughs> I, I, so this is this is one of the better songs from this album, I would say. Um, this is probably my number four. Yeah, I would I would agree with you on that. Um, the only other note I wrote was that the track name "Nightclub Amnesia" makes me imagine a nightclub filled with those monsters from Amnesia: The Dark Descent. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that game! God, we- so you're you're probably going to imagine that every time you listen to this track. Now. I I totally am. Oh my god, that game is so scary. I remember me, it was me, you, Ryan, and Gary tried to play that game at Ryan's house or something. And we, and like, we would take turns trying to play through different parts of it. And like, yeah. the one time that I tried, I like, encountered a monster. It was just like, fuck, no, can't. And just like, ran away from the computer. See, that time, I only, I never even, I never played it, but I watched you guys play it. Um, but then, did I, did I tell you that I played it last year? You did? Yeah, because oh, no. it must have been on sale on Steam or something. Because I, uh, I ended up playing it, and man, that's such a freaking. That's like honestly one of my favorite games. It's ever. good, but it's so scary. Ugh. It's scary as shit, especially when you're playing it in the dark by yourself, and there's no one. Like, because we were all playing it as a group, mm-hmm. but like if you're playing it by yourself in the dark, like that game is scary as shit. Oh, I bet. And I, I think one of the reasons I like that game. Too is <laughs> so this is a triple review now, listeners. Um, game core. Because I, I think it plays a lot more on suspense than it does on actual horror elements. Yeah, where you're constantly terrified that something is gonna happen when it doesn't. It, it stuff only rarely actually happens. Mm-hmm. It's and really- they're just really good at setting like the creepy, the overall creepy vibe of like the environment. Yeah, I can see that. So yeah, I don't know. Anyway. That's not really relevant to this it's com- episode. It's entirely relevant. So yes. Um, let's see. You already talked about Supreme. 
The only other track that I wrote anything on was I Will Return, which is the last main track to this uh, album. I wouldn't say that I loved it or really even liked it that much. All I wrote, I wrote down that kind of has a country vibe to it. I don't know if you can yeah. see that. Yeah, I can see that. A lot of slide guitar. Mm-hmm. So I felt that was kind of a, a little bit of a different angle for, for Ratatat there. Other than that, I didn't really have much to say about it. Um, Maybe that's prophetic and meaning that they will come out with another album in two years and not make us wait five years. <laughs> well, they did return. It just took them longer. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so that's that's my overall impression of the album. Um, I, I found it enjoyable. I can dig it. And um, I, I can see it being your favorite album of the year because I know you were really excited when it finally did come out. Yeah, I know. I played the, the initial uh, Cream on Chrome single like... If, like ad nauseum basically on spotify <laughs> um and then once the album came out i was just like yes and played through the whole thing so many times mm-hmm. so i was definitely looking forward to it the only other album i could think of to pick between besides for this one but i felt it would be too cliche is that new adele album 25 just because oh, yeah. i don't even i never even liked adult that much but i don't know this new album was pretty dope so that's something that you listeners could also try out. Yeah. Um, and as you mentioned at the beginning and also just recently, um, both of the albums that we, we reviewed today are both on Spotify. So if you want to go listen to both of those for free, basically. And Adele's is not. And Oh, is it not? Yeah, I, there was this big hubbub because they released the album and they released the single, that song Hello, on Spotify. Um mm-hmm. But the record label basically was like, yeah, we're not going to release this album on streaming because we want people to actually pay us money to buy the album. Hmm. And people are like, whoa, that's fucked up. Well, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this Ratatat album on vinyl? Oh, yeah, I have it. Oh, oh that's... God, I'm dumb. We talked about that. Yes, we you talked about it. it. Yeah. Well, I'm... Um, I think Miami Horror is, too. So I definitely need to see if I can pick that up. I wouldn't be surprised if it was... I'm pretty sure most, to be honest, most new stuff that's in any way semi-indie is pretty much going to be on vinyl. Yeah, that's a good point. How how long of an album can you fit on a vinyl, on like on one um, disc? It depends on the complexity, but I think usually about 30, 45 minutes. So if it's any longer than that, you're probably going to end up getting two discs. Okay, so All Possible Futures is probably on two, because that's like an hour long. Yeah, Ratatat's on two, so... Oh, okay. Makes sense. That's cool. Yeah, the, I mean, I know a lot of... I know we talked about this before, but a lot of older vinyl is usually single disc because the songs were so short. Like, they were, you know, around three minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. But then as song length got longer, they had to come out with double albums and stuff. So... Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well... Good, uh, good review. I'm glad that we both kind of enjoyed each other's choices. I mean, I, I think it probably would have been entertaining as well, even if, if we didn't. If like, we didn't like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm glad we had a chance to do this because we only have a couple of weeks left until the end of the year. True that. And I doubt anything is going to come out in the next few weeks that we're going to like better than these. Yeah, I don't think so. Usually, they're pretty much wrapped up with like album releases between now and Christmas. Yeah, except for Star Wars. Can I can I choose the Star Wars soundtrack as my? <laughs> um, maybe. Yeah. 
I I imagine that would be like a six final set. Yeah, exactly. So if you listeners um, had an album that you liked from this year that we didn't talk about, tell us on Facebook at facebook.com slash getyourfunk. Or if you agreed with one of us that one of these was your favorite album from 2015, then tell us that as well. Um, You can also, let's see, I'm not even going to bother with Twitter anymore (laughs) because we have it, but we don't look at it. Exactly. Um, you can also feel free to follow us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash getyourfunk. And you can also um, leave comments on our tracks there. Um, every every so often it happens there. Because um, we do, we had, I would say a large percentage of our listener base now does come from SoundCloud. Well, that's good. So feel free to leave us um, likes or comments on there and we'll we'll respond to you there. As always, you can follow, or not follow, subscribe to us on iTunes. We are there. Um, Overmental.com has other podcasts that you can check out. That are better than us. <laughs> well, they're not better than us, but they exist next to us. Yeah. And uh, so that's it. We hope you listeners enjoyed this episode. And uh, we, we encourage you, again, to, to go check out the full albums on Spotify. Yeah. Or and, even, or buy the vinyl if you really like it. Or even buy them if you're so inclined. Mm, anything else? Mm, no. Happy holidays, I guess. And I'm sure we're going to do another episode before the holidays or the Christian holidays. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the winter festivus. Yes, a festivus for the rest of us. Um, yeah, this has been your host Kyle, and this has been your host Peter. Uh, join us next I- time. Oh, Peter has shit to say. I was going to say, and that was your host, Kyle. (laughs) Damn it, Peter. (laughs) This is Funk Radio. We're redundant as fuck. (laughs) No. Um, Yeah, hit us up or join us next time for an exciting another episode of Funk Radio. I always wanted to be like one of those 40s radio broadcasts where it's like, next time on Little Orphan Annie. (laughs) Little Orphan Annie gets killed in a bus accident. I don't know. Gets to listen to some funky jam. Yeah. So, bye. Right. Bye.